<clears throat> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Kingster's Attic. Um, I am back with another episode for you. Um, like I said, I will continue to record as I get more guests. It has been a little... I had a long period where I did get a lot of guests and then there's a lull and then I get more. So we'll see what happens in the future. Um, but anyway, I do have a new guest tonight. Um, my guest for episode 26 is Fetnix. I'm pronouncing that right, correct? <laughs> you are indeed Fetnix. Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, how are you tonight? Or well, for you, it'd be, yeah, it would be nighttime, yeah. Um, how How are you tonight? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm currently in Brazil. Just did a workout. So I'm very sweaty. <laughs> I'm, I'm so jealous that you could be in Brazil. Oh, I love Brazil. <laughs> ah, it is. It's wonderful. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. It's a beautiful country. And yeah, I have a lot of Brazilian friends, and they tell me so much about it, about how wonderful it is. Ugh. It really is. I mean, the beaches are. Beaches are dreamy. Yeah, food's great. The weather's been pretty nice as well. Did, did you have to learn some Portuguese before you left for the travel, or well, can you make it like? So I speak. You know. I speak. Um, I speak fluent Spanish. Um, oh, nice. And then I used to date. Uh, well, kind of date a Brazilian dude. Mm -hmm. um, so I asked him to just speak to me in Portuguese, and I would always respond in Portuguese, which is like a mix between Spanish and Portuguese. Maybe oh, Spanish, cool. maybe maybe Spanish with a Portuguese accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that that's good. Yeah, I I have um, like I said, I have like a few Brazilian friends in the states, and um, you know, I sometimes hear them speak Brazilian, and it's. You know, it, it I mean, was Brazilian Portuguese. I mean, um, mm -hmm. it, it it's it's good. It's wonderful sounding. Like I I love hearing it. Um, oh, it's, yeah, yeah it, it is. It's it's so much nicer as well compared to Port <laughs> some of that. Some of my kingster friends from Portugal are going to slam me for this, but um, it's better than I'm, European Portuguese. <laughs> No, I won't say better. I won't say better. I just say it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier. It's, easier a, lot to learn. it's okay. a lot easier to learn. Exactly. It's a lot more open and uh, easier to decipher, which is great. So yeah, it's nice. So yeah. my Portuguese is it's it's definitely progressing rapidly because um, just, but just I'm putting myself in situations and meeting folks that don't speak any. Yeah, it's probably better than mine. I only know a few phrases my friends have taught me. Um, you know, I it's easy for me to pronounce though, since I do know Spanish and some Italian, so that makes it a little bit easier for pronunciation. But yeah. with memorizing stuff, I have a difficulty with. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, tell us a little bit about like how you got started in the kink community and how your journey's been. Absolutely. So, a lot of folks always ask, like, where do your interests arise from? Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I'm not really sure. I mean, there's the kind of, you know, the um, true and told tale of maybe media having a little influence, movies. Oh, yeah, that's a lot on this podcast. A lot of, say, media and movies. Yeah. 
when you're younger, kind of getting exposed to that superheroes being tied up, cowboys, whatever, being tied up. But I can't really pinpoint a certain theme or anything that affected me. I think I was a very late bloomer with sexuality in general, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And so I think figuring out I was queer kind of came before figuring out I was kinky. But I think, to be honest, I might have developed a rubber kink before my bondage kink, perhaps, or gear in general, kind of just being the idea of seeing gear in general really ignited something inside of me. So the Um, gear kink came before the bondage kink? think so i know it's <laughs> very vague that's fine it, it yeah I, it is interesting so. yeah i think so i think the aesthetic factor probably came before the practice right and <laughs> and i've lived in about 10 different well more now 12 different countries since but first moved to spain and in spain started kind of diving in signed up to recon in Died in, met some kinksters, got to try out some gear, got to try out nice. practices. From there, the kink journey has definitely evolved. Throughout your travels, it seems like you traveled a lot. Like, where do you think has the most, like, I, I wouldn't say better, but like the most active kink community, like in, in your travels? Like, what, what, what have your experiences been with, like, like, what area do you think has the most active kink community? Oh, lordy. Well, see, I've been told, obviously, wonderful things about Germany. And, yeah. But I haven't experienced any kink fun in Germany. And, right, I think, let me think, in terms of visibility and events and all the rest, I think Europe, Western Europe in general, probably have the most visible scene. Mm-hmm. most ready access to gear as well. Uh, yeah. It's a lot easier access and maybe the least amount of stigma. I mean, obviously there's a lot of stigma with the King community. And oh yeah, especially in the things. States, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and I, that, that, that's, you know, that, that kind of goes across the whole board. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would Europe is quite open there's you know um, but again you know it kind of varies between country to country some countries being a little bit more conservative or not having a more visible scene compared to others of the ones of the countries that I have traveled and kind of had you know some of the best experiences I'll just rattle off from the country and I, but I think this also comes down to individual kinksters in certain places rather yeah. than the collective community because i've never really belonged or fit into a kink community before my before my current trip so yeah um, but definitely i've had some really great experiences in portugal spain uh, italy um, the states as well to be honest i've had some really great great experiences there and um, i find the states as well it's probably you know it's kind of centered in the major cities yeah that's what i was gonna bring up 
Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's mostly it like like you know you get to New York, Philly, Chicago, you, you know San Francisco, those areas. Those are like the main hub for kingster communities in the states. Not that like you know there, there's kingsters all over the states, but you know you're, the main hubs are going to be where the major cities are. Sadly, yeah. Which obviously, I mean, to an extent makes sense, you know. And... Yeah. But it is, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. And there are so many wonderful kingsters scattered around all over the state. But then mm-hmm. obviously it's getting, <laughs> meeting up with those kingsters that run so far away from each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Some, some, hey, some of our states are the size of countries. I remember my mom used to say that some people said that Germany was the size of Colorado. <laughs> and this was in like the 70s when she went into Germany. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, right? It's it's humongous. Uh, yeah. I've, I've explored some of the states, but, you know, I, I don't even know. I, don't, I think I've only been to about 12, 12 of the states. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. yeah, no, it's, 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 it's cool. There's, so, the, I mean, the states, what I will say about the states is the Kingsford Fair do have, you know, quite good quality gear and good kind of access to gear. Yeah. But I think in in Europe especially, I think, you know, there's more more mm, stronger communities perhaps. Yeah, I would more, say more yeah. you know, more events in general. You've got like, you know, Falls in Berlin, you've got Darklands, there's there's a lot there's a lot of choice there. Plus you also have greater access to like areas too. I believe because, you know, in the States, like, you know, I live in Pennsylvania and if there's a big King convention on the West coast, you know, I, I don't have the finances to travel all the way to the West coast. So that's going to be difficult. Whether, you know, like if you're in say Germany and there's, you know, like an event in France, you could probably just travel to France easily. Oh yeah. You can hop on a cheap Ryanair flight and get there for under a hundred dollars. Exactly. In the States, it takes a while to plan trips. One-way trips are expensive with airlines, so you have to do connections. It, it It's ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably why I haven't traveled as much in the States as I would have, would have liked, because the, the low-budget airlines are still, <laughs> they're still pricey. Yeah, and, and it's a shame, because we do have a great king community in the States. It's just, because it's so big, we can't get everyone together at once, it seems. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, that's so kind of talking, you know, Europe and America obviously got the probably the most developed king communities of the country. Yeah. I've also I've lived uh, I lived a couple of years in Asia. In Asia, the uh, China's got quite an interesting king community, but it's very much hidden at the same time. Yeah, that that is interesting. It's it's you know it's it's hard it's hard to access the king community, but it is there are a lot of kingsters there. It, it goes down to the you know the conservative nature, unfortunately. So people have to be a bit more secretive. But there, I mean, you go to Twitter and you'll see you'll see loads of amazing uh, videos by Chinese creators and Asian creators in general. But it is it's a bit harder to access. I, I think as well, just not speaking Chinese myself as well. It was harder to meet Kingsters there. 
yeah. when I was living there. In, and Thailand's got quite a cool, well, I say Thailand, Bangkok has got a quite a cool game scene. Yeah, so I feel like it, it's growing in Asia as well. But, you know, like everywhere, there's still, there's still a stigma. Right? Oh, yeah, even, even in the States, there's stigma. Yeah, exactly. Even in Europe. <laughs> yeah, the world. well i i think europe is a little bit more open than the states because i met a few european kinksters and they're really like friendly as far as being open but people in the states like you know i you, there's a lot of unfortunately there's a lot of kink shaming in the states like if someone's not in the kink community they will like and they find out that you have like a bondage or a foot fetish or something like i've been i've been slammed for my kinks by non-kinksters in the past that's horrible yeah yeah so i i think like you know in in europe like i i think they're more open to it than we are in the states to be quite honest yeah very possibly very very possibly i think i think maybe sex in general people are a lot more open-minded and chill about yeah. than in the states where there is a lot of shame a lot of um, stigma in general just around sex sex full stop and um, which is very unfortunate yeah it, it is unfortunate it's not that we don't have a kink community like you know we have a great kink community in the states i think but it has to be like hidden as it were in order mm-hmm. to protect ourselves yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're definitely, I mean, I, I definitely know a lot of things from the States who are very open about it. Are, yeah. Are pioneering the community and great, which is great. But yeah, I, I agree with you for sure. To be honest, Ireland is a little bit like that as well. It is a bit more restrictive when you get to kink. Um, but again, I don't have much experience with kink in Ireland. A little bit. Um, but not much in Ireland because just because I haven't lived there in so, so many years. Yeah. Um, so going back to uh, mostly your stuff, um, what what are some kind of fantasies that you really enjoy? Hi, absolutely. All right. I've been very lucky to be able to live, be able to live out a lot of my fantasies. And mm-hmm. I'm a person that comes to bite me in the ass times but I'm a very forward person. I put myself yeah. out there a lot. Always safely. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but you know, I mean I'm uh, I'm not really one to kind of just wait around and hope something happens. I'm very proactive in the organization of things and you know putting myself out there communicating with communicating with people which definitely <laughs> definitely has generated some negative responses so some of the stuff i enjoy and i love kidnap role plays oh god yes those are my favorite oh <laughs> yes, I, got, I, I mean this. with the name of the podcast i did kind of i, I did guess that you might have an affinity <laughs> well, I that 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 is funny because I was gonna call this the kidnappers addict, but I was like, you know what? I can see myself getting flagged by Spotify. <laughs> so uh, I was like, you know what? I'll just use Kingster. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like, yeah, I don't want to get this. So uh, I I grew this for about a, over a year. I don't want to get flagged and taken down. 
No, absolutely. But yeah, no, kind of, you know, consensual kidnap role play, which I've been yeah. able to dabble in a little bit. Try oh, out that's some really neat. Yeah, some really fun people, really nice, you know, obviously with, you know, lots of trust. Just yeah, obviously. Limit, yeah. all the rest. But yeah, bondage. I've got to try out some really fun stuff. One of my, one of my recent highlights, well, recent, a couple of months ago. And we suspended. We did a suspension in the Atacama Desert in Chile. Oh, I nice! My mate. It was really, really, it was really fun. It was really, really freaking cold. There's a really sharp wind, and I was in my shorts, so I was freezing. But it was really, really fun. That suspension of just flying, being wrapped up really tight. It was really, really did fun. you did you get dizzy being suspended after a while, or? I did. I didn't get dizzy, but I did feel my the ropes eventually were cutting off the circulation to my the blood and my hands. Oh my! Okay, yeah, that kind of dizzy. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that I mean, I was my my friend that I'm doing it with. I communicated that, and he got me down really, really. Okay. Dizzy. Yeah. That that's good. Yeah. Did they, so they tied you really that tight? It, it was. It was. I think as well it was me kind of swinging around and it was me. Also, the swinging just made the ropes tighter and tighter. Yeah, me kind okay. of moving around, swinging a little bit, that made things a little bit tighter, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense because if you're just swinging there, they eventually wrap around and, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, that... so... Mm-hmm. so, sorry, sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Continue. No, no, no. So, yeah, I think it was just gravity because at the start my blood flow and everything was fine we checked everything it was great but after like 15 20 minutes and the, the ropes do start cutting into you it does yeah a little bit painful you, you do need to burn too right yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly oh. everyone everyone says oh my god it's such a dream that's an amazing experience like yeah it was it was but these are the real this is also the reality you know expectation for what what's the longest you've ever been in bondage for? Right, I went on a little bondage boot camp slash fun weekend break in Portugal. Yeah, and over the weekend, I think I spent about fourteen hours in bondage. Fourteen hours in bondage? Wow. Yeah, but not consecutively. You know, kind of taking little breaks. Oh, okay. So, like, over a period of a few, yeah. Okay, I, I over it. yeah, over a period of like two, two and a half days, really. Um, okay. The the longest I have been in bondage consecutively is probably an hour or two. But that's because I'm a princess, and you know. Like, well, the longest I've heard of someone doing it, like non-extreme wise, is like maybe two free hours. Yeah. Like, if you're not that extreme. Right. I mean, I have friends and I know people that have done it much longer. But as exciting and as fun as the fantasy is of being tied up and like sleeping overnight tied up, I don't know. Personally, I don't know if that's something. Well, I have to be really comfortable, to be honest. Otherwise, exactly. Yeah. Because I've heard of, you know, bondage subs say, oh, yes, I've been tied up all night at one point. And I'm like, how do you last that long? <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, like, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. No, absolutely. No. <laughs> I don't know. I'll never say never. i never say never to anything. Uh, well, right, I, so. 
well, my my health over the past few years has gotten bad. So I've I've moved from being a switch to being like a top for bondage now. So like maybe if I were in my teens or early twenties, yeah, I could probably do it. But you know, in my late twenties, I started my health started going a little eh. So it it just made it more difficult to be in bondage for a long period of time for me. No, oh, shoot, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I got I got the I got the Omicron version of COVID um, a few years ago, and even though I was fine afterwards, my first bondage session after it, I, I I tried being tied up, I tried being gagged, and I eventually had to tell my bondage dom to stop, you know, because I couldn't breathe. Yeah, so I I slowly moved. First, I was like a dom-leaning switch, but in recent years, I've moved to just being pure dominant. Right. Um, yeah. Just yeah. For I my mean, own health concerns. Exactly. I mean, you've got to. I think a lot of people forget, like you know, at the base of it, kink bondage, fun, everything, kink bondage, sex in general. It's, it's all meant to be fun. You know? Exactly, and if you're not enjoying it, if it's physically just you know a physical discomfort to you, unless you obviously unless you like that. that yeah, there pain. are some people. Yeah, there I have heard of like pain sluts or something like that. Or yeah, uh, I, I have heard of that. Yeah, no, exactly. So like, unless unless you're, you know, unless that's something that really like turns you on, gets you going, more power to you. But if it's something that it's just. It's very uncomfortable not doing it for you. Then, yeah, just stop, modify, you know, communication, modify, everything yeah. like that. I think, you know, I think it's great. I mean, obviously, it's not great for your health issues. I'm really sorry to hear that. But I think, you know, as long as you can still enjoy your case to an extent, right? You can yeah. The dog now. Yeah, meaning it's great that I realize my limits in it. Yeah, yeah. That's sorry. I mean, I sorry, but I mean, my thing. It's great. I mean, it's great that you can still live out your king. Mm-hmm. It's not that you know you're not. If you were to be a complete bondage sub and no longer to be able able to do that, that would really suck, right? Yeah, I was. I was mostly a switch in my twenties, and now I'm slowly moving towards like a dom leaning switch, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, are are you mostly like, are are you? Would you consider yourself a switch, or like, where where would you categorize yourself mostly? I would con- okay. I would categorize myself as a very very lazy switch. <laughs> a lazy switch. Okay. A, la- a lazy switch. I basically, I would say, I've got about seventy to eighty percent sub energy. Oh, cool! Switching, I know switching opens some doors with potential meets to kinksters. I have no, I have no issues tying up a guy. That sounds terrible. I in a non creepy way. Let's put that (laughs) right in a non creepy way. Obviously, I've got no. It's a hobby. No, I mean. I, what I mean by that is I'm very, I'm happy to switch if yeah. the person I'm playing with, if they obviously need me to switch. 
but I'm not a very good rigger. Like I'm fine with duct tape. I can do some basic rope, but yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. I mostly use tape. I, I can do rope, but I'm very bad at it. I either am afraid I'll either tie it, tie it too tight or I'll tie it too loose and it will come off halfway through the play. And uh, uh, I, I mostly stick with tape. Tape. I mean, tape's a very, it's a good, it's, you know, it's, it's very easy. It's, you know, it's harder to cut off circulation. It's a lot safer in that respect. Yeah. Painful when you're, you know, when you're hairy and you take it off. And, oh God, uh, yes. Yeah. Got very One t- got very hairy legs <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah same here and one time in my 20s there was one time where i i forgot to shave and my beard was so thick and whenever i i did like self-bondage in my 20s so i put like tape over it and when i tried to remove the tape even though i did it slowly it still hurt and i found some hair on the tape and i was like oh yeah so yeah, so no, I know, I yeah so with, 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 you know, facial hair and body hair and all that stuff, it can be hard if you use tape. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Like, tape is fun. It's very tight. It's very, you know, it's a great sensation. It's removal of tape. It's awful, though. I hate it. I do. It's, it's, you know, it's part, of the, it's part of the game. It's the pain. You know, I've gotten used to it, but <laughs> it's a bitch. I, I do like using, like, the colorful bondage tape. Like, that's easy for me to... Uh, yeah with you know like use and stuff like that but if you have like like with duct tape that that's the worst Ugh. yeah 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 the, the the adhesive bondage tape that's quite good it doesn't uh, yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah it's not as adhesive it's not difficult when you're taking it off it definitely is um <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> the duct tape is yeah yeah definitely yeah so going into like the fantasy world what would you say some of your bondage fantasies are great question i think uh, i've done mummification and i should do a little bit more i'd like to be mummified with someone else or like i like i've been kind of tied up with other people yeah i think i think Something I'd really enjoy is kind of going to maybe an event or a pre-organized house kind of a situation where there are multiple yeah. folks tying, being tied, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that 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 will be quite fun. That's a really fun fantasy for me. Um, more kidnap fun. More. I'm also a big rubber kingster. As I oh, said nice. earlier, I love. Gear yeah. play, so trying out more fun rubber gear. I've tried back beds, but I want to try out some more. Um, I think really fun vacuum, that kind of thing. Like very heavy bondage, I suppose. With with the with the rubber play, does that also like have you tried like brief play with the rubber play too? Uh, sorry, can you repeat, repeat the question? With the rubber play that you do, have you tried like I, I know. I know brief play can coincide with rubber play too. Have you tried that with a rubber play or not? Oh, breath play. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Yeah, uh, I have. I've tried. I've tried very light breath play. I don't. It's not one of my favorite things. Uh, yeah, it 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 looks kind of dangerous to me, to be honest. <laughs> you have to do. It's, it's like all kinks, right? You have to do it with someone who knows knows what they're doing. 
right and yeah doesn't push push the limits too much but yeah i've tried i've done a little i've done a few times i i did it in chile but i got very And that was you, that, I went my, my whole body went into panic. And oh after yeah, that, that that's oof. after that yeah, moment. See. After that moment, I've decided I'm never going to do weed and bondage, weed and bondage again because of, I just yeah. I got so paranoid. I got so paranoid, and a million things were flying through my head, and I was just like, no. Do was that the only time like you got high during like a session? Yeah. I've had, I've been I've been high during sex a few times, but yeah. I think during bondage bondage session that's kind of the most notable one that I can remember. It's the most notable one that that I really that I really bad reaction with, you know. And it's not something kind of I want to repeat either because it just took away from the session. Yeah, yeah. So with going back to like fantasies and stuff like that, it's interesting because, you know, you mentioned the kidnapping stuff and that's also a kink of mine too, a big kink fantasy of mine. So like, like one of the things that I, one hot scenario fantasy that I love is like, I know that you mentioned to me when we were chatting online that you do like working out and stuff like that. And one of the things that I like always found so hot as far as a fantasy was like capturing like a guy right after they work out <laughs> mm, that is hot right yeah that, that, would, that would definitely be something that shows my vote as well yeah kind of just you know just like you know doing whatever doing some stretching not really expecting it and then <laughs> yeah or well mostly like as far as mine goes mine would be like capturing like after they've worked out like you know like when they're all like sweaty and stuff and you know like they get tied up and like you know their their work used workout socks get like stuffed into their mouth you know mm-hmm. stuff like that that's, that's a very that is just a very fun fun fantasy yeah, I, I've always like ever since my teens, I've had that fantasy. Like, I, I can remember when I would go to like a community college in my twenties. Like, you know, they had like a small workout gym, and there were like windows out where you can see it. And sometimes, like, if I had a class in another area, I would have to go through that area, and I'd see you know guys working out shirtless sometimes, and. You know, I, I just kept thinking to myself, oh, my God, it, you know, like that, that stirred in me, that kink, right. <laughs> as it were. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you need a volunteer, I'm very, if we ever coincide, I'm very, very happy to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, apparently I had a lot of new kink for you. <laughs> there, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. No, I think that would be super fun. This is not the first time I unlocked a kink for my guest before on this podcast. <laughs> amazing, amazing. I mean, yeah, I mean, <sighs> the gym in general kind of turns me on, you know. I like, I like I, uh, sweat, sweat, like manly smells, it's all great. But I've never thought about, you know, my, myself being, well, I have, you know, being captured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have, you know, I've been like, look at someone at the gym, I'm like, mm, honey, you want to have me? <laughs> Want to pounce me in the changing room? Um, <laughs> oh my but, god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. It's never. I've never. It's never something I've done. I have a friend that I met in Argentina, and we had. He's big into 
galley, sportswear. So we did, yeah. you know, we definitely did this. We had some sportswear bondage fun, which was great. Oh, that's cool. But, but we, yeah, never, ne- it was never post-workout. I think that would be really, really fun. Oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely yeah. I, you know, I I've always had this, especially in my twenties. I I had this kink about having like you know like a guy who just worked out, just like in bondage and like gagging them with like their used socks and like having them struggle and squirm and like gag talk, etc. All that. Yeah, exactly. Super fun. Yeah, although I think I can blame also, I can also blame experience though too, because like when I have like cousins, nieces and nephews around my age, like we're all around the same age because my dad was like way older when I was born. So I have like nieces and nephews who are around my age and my one niece, she used to have a, they're not together anymore but they had a husband she had a husband and he was a pe slash health teacher and he was also a coach and he worked out a lot and you know like i'd always think about him you know like tied up right after a workout Mm. if that makes sense Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that of pause was just for for all of the listeners to paint their own mental picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. He he was he he worked as a PE and health teacher, but he also coached football, basketball, baseball. So he was very like athletic and jock like oh, and uh, I, yeah. I would I would be the uh, definitely like I'd be the opposite of it like I want the coach to capture me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you you wouldn't believe how many people have said that. <laughs> so it I think was. a lot of people have said that you had you know your your view of it. That's <laughs> yeah. But uh, for me, it's like well, well. Also, he was well. Well, he appeared straight, but par- part of my family think that he was bi. But you know, e- even so, though, like you know, I had I had fantasies of just like you know, okay, I'm just gonna like get him you know shirtless and tie him and you know just yeah you know stuff like that going back to what i was saying earlier in terms of my switchy side yeah my switchy side comes out after i have been tied up first and maybe tickled tortured a little bit and i want to get revenge on someone then i'm a little bit torturing (laughs) then i'm a little bit more motivated to go out and yeah, to tie someone up. That to tie someone up as well. So but you're I, like a revenge switch. Revenge switch, yeah. I guess yeah. that sounds so, sounds, so, sounds so awful, but yeah. A revenge switch, I suppose. But it doesn't last very long. This is the thing, you know. I'll tie someone up, but I'll be like enjoying, I'm enjoying the fact that I'm getting revenge for the first like 20, 30 minutes. And then after that, I slowly get jealous and want to be tied up again <laughs> <laughs> so it goes back and forth like a pendulum basically right it swings it just swings back yeah which is yeah so and I, as i said i'm not I'm, I'm not the best rigger so i always feel like i might just disappoint the other person especially if they are a good rigger yeah it's good at what they do you know it's kind of it's that thing it's that thing i always equate with you know hook cooking for people who are really good cooks there's the extra pressure 
you know? It's the yeah, same thing, exactly. you know, yeah. tying up someone who's very good at knots and tying someone up. The first person, to be fair, I call that my friend who who taught me how to do rope bondage. Mm. He was a great motivator. He said, Fetnik, um, you're not leaving my place on la- until you learn to, to tie a guy up. So he was very persistent. He guided me through how to tie him up. Got me, got him, got him to a point where he was fully tied up and couldn't get out. So, what do you think the easiest position for you to tie someone up is? Like, is there like a position you like better than others? Again, again, because I don't do it very much. But recently, I've done mummification, which is quite easy. It's just a lot. It's a long. Takes a long time. So yeah, because of all so the tape. Easy. Yeah, it takes a long time. Or kind of just wrapping someone up with layers of tape like that, obviously. It's easy. Then the the knots that my mate showed me were, you know, uh, tying someone up like a board. I, I don't even know the terminology. It's a bad thing here. But like, you know, or I guess to spread eagle is quite quite easy to do as well by tying, tying hands, legs, different points of the bed. But Usually with that, it's kind of with more restraint, which are a lot easier. Yeah, like do do you also like to use like gags too? Like like what what would your favorite gag oh, be if you? Had... No, hundred <laughs> percent. Like what what would your favorite gag be? For me personally, ooh, I enjoy. If you pick them one, that's fine. <laughs> oh gosh, I really enjoy tape. I just mm-hmm. like to do a smooth smooth way. It feels over your mouth. I love hand gags, actually. I like the kind of personal connection and the, you know, the other person using their personal force. Yeah. Uh, and thought their own body to silence you, which I think is really hot. I enjoy ball gags, I'm not going to lie. Ball gags hurt my jaw too much, even when I was, ugh. Yeah, I never liked ball gags. Fair, fair, yeah. I've got, I've got a nice little comfortable one that I enjoy. Again, yeah, I, I like that. I like in a session as well. I like variation of gags as well. Switching things up now. Yeah, yeah, that makes it interesting. It does. It does. So, but I think to be honest, now thinking about it, I think the one that really, really gets me going more than anything is a good hand gag. Oh yeah, because of the pressure you were talking about before, right? Yeah, and I just I enjoy body to body contact, and I think just. The other person using their own body and their own force there's something really really special really special. oh god <laughs> there's something really hot about it yeah definitely and 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 it can also you know the the, the force nature of it that can be used in so many kind of bondage role plays too exactly it's very adjustable it's very you know yeah i think it's very flexible adjustable and easy very easy way to yeah yeah definitely yes in a good way too (laughs) not in a bad way (laughs) yeah exactly Uh, yes easy and and effective easy and effective yes definitely have you with bondage like as far as like where you are tied up like is there like do you like is there a favorite area or place you would like to be tied up in more than others I mean, I've done I've done a lot of outdoor bondage. A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I like the little exhibitionism slash risk of being found that really like kind of yeah. gets me going. So I found I've done a lot of outdoor bondage and like forest <laughs> and like in the desert. Oh, so yeah, but that's been quite cool. So I enjoy I enjoy that. I, I did a, I had a really nice one. I we did I've done a lot of bondage on the beach as well, which I really enjoy. So oh, if beach, it's sunny, that's different. Yeah, I I don't hear a lot of people say the beach. That that's interesting. Yeah, yeah it's nice. You, uh, I love the beach. I'm a big beach person. You just listen to the waves. Feel the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy um, struggling in the sand. It's a very different experience. Yeah, with, with others that I've heard from, like, you know, I, I the only outdoor one that I've heard of is, like, the woods. Like, you know, I know a lot of people who like the woods for outdoor bondage. And some people have said, like, a basement or an attic. Like, they love that. Like, yeah. especially if they're into, like, being kidnapped because it makes that, like, kidnapping role-play aspect of it even more hot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in terms of uh, yeah, in different places I've enjoyed uh, when I was when I did the kidnapping simulation. I was put in the boot of a car, like the trunk. Oh, nice! That was really fun. I've, yeah, I've done. I've done like some really. I've done some fun things. Yeah, I like to vary things up. I guess you know, switch things up is always switching things up is always fun. Yeah, yeah, that that's always fun. I I think it adds more excitement to the bondage too. Because if you're just randomly just tying a person up and that's it, I I don't like at least for me, I need like some sort of like you know stimulation with it, as it were. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. I played with a lot of, not a lot of, a few heterosexual guys who just yeah. want to play for bondage and enjoy tying guys up. And for me, that's, that's actually that's enough without the sexual side to play. However, I would definitely need to finish the job once I get the game. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But yeah, it, there's, um, I have enjoyed that. But yeah, I mean, it's obviously when... I think when you click with the right person, you both like the same thing. You both, you know, you both are very respectful of the other person, both as a sub and a dom. You know, because I mean, there's all there's a lot of talk about respecting the sub limit, which obviously is very very important. Oh yeah, also, definitely yeah. But also, you know, respecting the time, the, the time and the work that a dom puts in. You know, not to. I mean, and and just to understand, I mean, obviously, okay. Uh, let me explain. Let me explain this. It's very multifaceted thing. But, you know, when I was mummifying a guy, it was like we were like twenty-five minutes in. Yeah. And yeah. He then he asked me to remove a certain part. It was a bathroom, which is totally fine, absolutely, hundred percent. But it was it was a little bit of like, oh my god, I've just done so much work. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, right. definitely. So I think that just, you know, vibing with the person that's, you know, clicking and respecting each other's limits and all the rest, it just makes, makes for a really good session. Yeah, a common theme that is on this podcast often is bonded, well, not bonded, but I would say like kink safety. Like oh. that, that comes up again and again on this podcast with almost every guest I've had on so far. <laughs> right. You can't talk about it enough. And I think you just can't get complacent about it either. 
Exactly. Um, you know, you can be very, you can be, ah, this is very poignant because I had a very interesting experience recently. But, you know, you can be too extremely experienced. Into it, yeah. Well, just, you can be very experienced and kind of, you know, brush over the the fact, the conversation about limits and all the rest. Yeah, yeah, I get it, yeah. You know, you're both so involved, you've both got so much experience that you can kind of just dive in and it, it can be presumed inherently that yeah, versus if you're with a newbie, you know, you have to be more cautious and... Well, no, no. What I'm sorry, what I'm trying to say is, you know, you can be two very experienced kingsters and you can inherently yeah. maybe kind of skip over some of the safety aspects. But I had experience in Chile, as I said, and we kind of met up and we dived straight into it. We had talked a little bit about limits beforehand. But then I realized once I was tied up that we hadn't had a proper conversation about limits. And luckily, the person I was playing with was amazing. Really, really solid human being and kingster. So everything was grand. Everything was chill. However, it was that, you know, that little kind of, that did flash through my head like, oh, shit. And once, when we took a break and he untied me and he just, he, he said the same thing, like, oh my goodness, we didn't talk about limits. We didn't have a proper conversation. We just kind of let the fire take over. And yeah, so I think you, you can get, you can get quite, sometimes you maybe can get complacent, but I think having those conversations about king safety, you know, even if you're dealing with pro, it's just so important. Yeah, well, I, it, from my experience too, like I, <clears throat> I once had a, and, and I think I told this on the podcast already once before, but I, I once had a, a newbie with bondage. Like I, I was like his first or second session that he's ever done. And like, you know, you, you, you're right. Like we talked online a little bit about what we were going to do. We talked for like a half hour in person beforehand. And even like even though he said yeah i'm fine with this i'm fine with that you know eventually he had to have me stop at one point and it was something that we didn't discuss because i tried figuring out what his limits were he didn't tell me everything mm. i forget if it was fed life or somewhere else but we were talking about meeting up and he liked some of the ideas that i would do to him but he was a little nervous and about a day before we were supposed to meet, he's like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to go through with this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You, you know, you have to, you have to like look into like, if you really want to do stuff or not. Right. Exactly. I think it's really important to listen, make sure that you're completely comfortable with the other person and just make sure it's going to be a positive experience. Otherwise, it's, you know, you're going to, you're either going to have a bad time, something can really go wrong, or, I mean, you know, there, there are countless things that can go wrong with kink, safety, etc. So I think, yeah, the communication and just listening, listening to yourself and not going, I think people should know it's, it's okay to not go through with something just because just because you have a fantasy, just if you don't feel ready, if you don't feel comfortable with a person, then it's totally fine to not do something with that person to blow it off. 
you know, obviously yeah. communicating, communicating because it is, you know, ghosting someone is never fun. Yeah, that's but, true. But communicating, hey, I don't feel up for it. There's not an issue with that at all. Yeah, and also, you know, I think sometimes people don't understand that it's hard to tell when someone's joking online because like one time you know i was supposed to meet up with a guy and my plans kind of changed unfortunately and he got rather pissed off and he said that he would come find me and kidnap me because i canceled on him and i totally called him out for that and he's like i was just joking i was just it's like, well, you typed it in. You know, I can't tell sarcasm through a typed screen. Yeah, uh, yeah. It frustrates me a little bit because when you're texting someone, you can't pick up the tone always, right? Exactly. And it can, it can, it can frustrate both on both sides, right? Because I joke around as well, and some people don't get that. Yeah, yeah. Same here. But. But yeah, right. Like it, yeah. It, it's very. It can be very hard to defer. It can be very hard, and it can definitely lead to some misunderstanding. Exactly. <laughs> plus, you know, he, plus he was also pissed that I had to cancel at the last minute because it wasn't my fault, though. But you know, like it, it made me feel like, okay, is he pissed off that he wants to kidnap me or something? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean. I mean, I can understand, you know, you get obviously excited for something. You really want, you know, it to happen. I think, you know, disappointment is probably more a more appropriate reaction than getting pissed off with the other person. Exactly. You know, you can be disappointed with something. Like, oh, shame. You know, I really wanted to play. I think we would have had a great time, blah, 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 blah. But actually you know getting angry at the other person when they haven't done anything wrong life happens it's just bullshit yeah definitely it's yeah it 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 surprises me sometimes like sometimes it i completely understand about you know wanting to be in this like role play kind of fantasy world but you also have to have your limits with it though too i think yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that's why prior conversation is so important. And personally, I'm just, you know, I, I really value human connection. So if we just thought all you know, logistics of a scene online, I still like to have that in-person chat to go, go through. Well, I think that's, you know, that personal face-to-face because... When you're talking yeah. with someone online, you could be talking, you know, you can kind of be talking with anyone and you could also, a person can present themselves in a very different way over text or online. Exactly. And it's dangerous yeah. too sometimes. Exactly, right? So, um, so yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and it's dangerous too sometimes because you never know, you know, like, like the like we said before earlier in the episode, you know, the majority of the King community is great and safe, but you never know if you will find that one bad apple. Just because someone is very prominent and that you've had like some discussions and you've read each other's profiles, it doesn't stop the fact that you need to actually have a chat with them. 
well, right? Because each situation, the chemistry between two people is so different. So, yeah, I find anyway, it's a very case-by-case -case basis. Each situation between two people is, or two or more people is very unique. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, I, I, I also brought this talk up, up in past episodes. It's interesting to me how some people can differ fantasy from reality sometimes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you just, you know, having figuring out the vibe as well between you and the person. Yeah. So, yeah, def definitely. So, so with going back to like your, you know, scenarios and stuff like that, with, and of course I, I have to ask this because I'm curious, when you work out, like how like smelly or rank do your socks get? <laughs> if you don't mind me asking. <laughs> no, of course I don't care. Yeah, probably. I mean, this way I work out as well as my, really me, I need to lucky in the sense that I don't sweat a lot. So I really okay. like push push myself a lot to, to sweat but when I do I it's very rapid. Oh, <laughs> I hope I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. Oh my god. So you would so that would probably not be good if you were like gagged with them if you were tied up. <laughs> oh god, I mean I mean it'd be nasty, but <laughs> Bought these, oh I bought these. I bought these socks from like a local market, and yeah. they're like the perfect mouse size socks. So that's the reason I bought them. <laughs> they're like the oh perfect mouse. They're the perfect mouse size. Like, oh my god, that'd be so great! Like, you know, pop them in, put a bit of tape over. Amazing. Oh, oh yes, you. Socks. Yes, you. You buy your socks based off of how um, a kinkster can use them. <laughs> right. That's, that's... <laughs> so it's like how my. Just how my pinky brain works, right? Oh my god, that that is that that's perfect. <laughs> right. Uh, oh my god, that that that's just making my mind circle more. I'm, I'm telling you now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, definitely. So, was there was there anything else you would like to discuss as far as like your kinks or fetishes? No, I could I could plug my my own King podcast. So it is currently still under construction, but coming soon. So if you are into this immediately, it's going to be there. Yeah, a little bit of editing to do and sorting out, but it will be called The Tide Traveler. And it is kind of based on my King trip around um, my current King trip. Oh, God, sorry, not my King trip my experiences of traveling and traveling long term and you know different kink cultures between countries kink observations from myself between mixing kink in with long-term travel from the logistics that kind of stuff and i am currently <laughs> recording two seasons at the same time which is very stressful but the second season will all be, be more focused on interviews with kinksters from different countries around America, talking about the kink scenes and the 
days and our progress will be. So if that does interest you and you're listening in a couple of months' time, then please do check out the Tide Traveler. That is that... with two two L's because <laughs> yeah, that that does sound rather interesting. The concept that you were thinking of for it. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, that that is cool. Yeah, I I, I never thought of something like that before. That does sound like an interesting. I, I would definitely listen in. Awesome. I'll pass. I'll, I'll send the link when it's ready. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that will be it for this episode of the Kingsters Attic. Until next time. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you.